Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is Make It Plain. M.I.P. With Massimella Mark Thompson. Make It Plain. Get woke. Welcome to another edition of M.I.P. Sunday, I joined the Poor People's Campaign in West Virginia, in front of the state capitol, to march on Mansion with the co-chairs of the Poor People's Campaign, the Reverend Dr. Liz Theo Harris, Reverend Dr. William J. Barber II, and a couple of the co-chairs of the West Virginia Poor People's Campaign. We'll be hearing from them in today's broadcast. Bishop Barber pointed out that Manchin, as you have undoubtedly heard him, refer to the Build Back Better plan that he's blocking as entitlement. But West Virginians would greatly benefit from this plan and disproportionately white West Virginians. As Bishop Barber said on Sunday, the word entitlement is cold for giving stuff to black folk. But here's what Joe Manchin is costing his own citizens in West Virginia by not supporting Build Back Better. He's costing them 17,290 new jobs. He's costing 346,000 West Virginian children expanded child tax credits, expanded earned income tax credits for 110,000 workers without children. He's costing them universal pre-K and child care paid paid family medical leave for 88,050 West Virginians. He's costing them dental, vision, and hearing services for 441,852 Medicare beneficiaries. You can watch the rally from Sunday across all of our social media, Make It Plain, and uh, the Poor People's Campaign, and Dr. Barber's social media. All of that is available for you to see. But something has to be done. In fact, tomorrow, Wednesday, we're going to go back to D.C., And in D.C., 
will have a rally again. Joe Manchin is not serving his own constituency in West Virginia. So we're going to hear from some folk in West Virginia right now on Make It Plain. Take a listen. Reverend Dr. Liz Theo Harris, the co-chair of the Poor People's Campaign. Dr. Liz, how are you feeling about the campaign in West Virginia and how much impact it's having on Joe Manchin? We know it's having an impact. We've been hearing every time we do an action like this, every time there's a gathering, a revival, a march, uh, you know, it, it, it comes out that, that he feels like he has to make a comment. Um, and so we, we haven't moved him to where we need to yet, but, but it's, it's clear that the people coming together saying, you're not doing this on our behalf, this is not what the people of West Virginia want. Um, it's a powerful message, and, and to have folks today gathered in front of the state capitol from all across the state having this message of, of the, the impact that it's going to have, that it's already having on West Virginia, who have been forgotten, the, the 700,000 poor and low-income people of West Virginia who have been forgotten you know, through his 40 years of political office in the state um, and who are, are going to suffer greatly um, if they continue to, to cut this Build Back Better plan and, and deny voting rights and deny living wages. Um, and so I, I, I feel really excited and really empowered um, and really committed to keeping on, up the fight because it's clear that, that this is the fight that needs to be going on right now. He has often said he's one senator making decisions representing a small percentage of the entire population of the United States. But as we learn from how West Virginians will be disproportionately affected without Build Back Better, he's also representing only a fraction of West Virginia. Well, and the fact that around voting rights, for instance, that that 79% of all the people in West Virginia, including Republicans, including independents, including Democrats, all support expanding voting rights. The fact that when you pull out these different programs, whether it's the child tax credit or whether it's you know early childhood education, that, that vast majorities of people here in West Virginia want and are asking and are demanding these programs. And then he has the nerve to, to go back and say that he's doing this because it's what's best uh, for the people of West Virginia. Well, uh, you know, when he, when he met with the Poor People's Campaign in February and, and was talking to these low-wage workers, essential workers, and telling folks that, that they did not deserve $15 an hour, that what was more responsible and reasonable, those are the words he used, more responsible and reasonable was $11 an hour, when it would take $23.50 an hour in West Virginia to make a living wage. Uh, you know, the question is, who are you being responsible to? It's surely not the low-wage workers of your state. It's surely not the moms and grandmas of your state. Right. It's, it's clearly the corporations that, that are, are, are lining your pockets um, and lining your family's pockets with um, inordinate wealth when people are, are suffering in the state, the second poorest state in the country. Yeah. And, and yet, you can have a senator blocking investing in the people. And, and as Reverend Barber said, those people in West Virginia are predominantly white. So when he says we don't want entitlements, Rem Barber said, that's code oftentimes for folks who look like me. We want to get them people entitlements. But he's really talking about denying 
what a majority of white citizens in West Virginia actually need. That's right. And and when he when he suggests means testing, when he suggests work requirements for these kinds of programs, what that means is punishing poor people. That that's what it means. And and, and punishing poor white people, punishing poor black people, poor Latino people. But again, yes, in the state of West Virginia, vast majority, you know, poor and low income white people who 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 need their government and their elected leadership right. to actually invest in them and 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 to, to say that we live in the richest country in human history um, and to be in a state like West Virginia where you know companies and corporations have been stealing from for generation um, to say that we don't have the resources uh, to, to actually invest in the people to actually lift the load of poverty it, it's 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 not just a lie. It's, it's a deeply immoral lie. And, and what does it say, you know, as a faith leader, what, is it, what are you putting on God when mm. you say we can't do this because we don't have the resources to do it? And in fact, the people who need it the most are lazy and crazy and stupid and to be blamed not just for their poverty but for all of society's problems when it's instead uh, those with wealth and power who lie in bed late in their night um, thinking about ways to hurt people. Yeah, yeah. Reverend Dr. Liz Steele Harris, co-chair of the Poor People's Campaign. Thank you as always, Reverend Liz. Thank you so much, Mark. More MIP after this message. Hey, peeps. It's your girl, Danielle Moody, host of Woke AF Daily. Every weekday, I'm sounding the alarm and keeping you woke to all the pure evil that is going on in our country. Check me out now at patreon.com slash woke AF. Get five new shows every week for just $5 a month. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Pam Garrison, folks, is the West Virginia tri-chair of the Poor People's Campaign. Pam, how are you? I'm doing good today. Thanks for having us back down here in West Virginia. Is us coming here and rallying here at the state capitol, we've done it a couple times already this year. Do you think it's having an impact on Joe Manchin? Yes. Yes, I do. I think spreading the word, putting the spotlight on the truths and the mistruths, and uh, amplifying giving West Virginia a chance to be able to have a word and dispute what our elected officials are saying about us. He is not speaking for the people. And I think everybody joining in, making a bigger voice and letting them know we are we want uh, we want plans and policies that are for the people. First, not second, not corporations first, the people. And that's what we, we want, and I appreciate everybody coming down and helping and joining in because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take us all. So now, we always hear that the majority of West Virginians, or almost 50% or whatever, I guess, voted for Donald Trump, right? And that so Manchin is playing to that crowd. I'm going to ask you something. You know, people vote. But do people voting for Donald Trump truly reflect the way West Virginians feel right now? Are West Virginians like you, are most of them like you, concerned that Joe Manchin isn't doing what he's supposed to be doing for them? I think West Virginians are, live in reality. 
Um, and back in the 80s when we had the coal mines booming, yes, that, that was what we did. We protected the coal mines and the miners. But that's not the reality we live in now. 98% of our people are living on minimum wage and sub wages and uh, low wages. And our, our representatives are not speaking for us the truth. And I think people are angry about that. And Donald Trump said, well, came here and act like he was going to shovel some coal and I'm going to bring your coal jobs back. We hear it every election. Well, we lost coal jobs during that time. We got poorer, we got sicker. And here we are, we've got a, an opportunity, something we haven't had for generations. Our young people has got an opportunity. And we're not taking no. We have let the corporations rule, run us, our elected officials has catered to them. And then at election time, they come and promise us the world. And then afterwards, we're disappointed when we see what their realities, what their often really is. We deserve better. And the people of West Virginia deserve better. And we're not fools. And, and I think they have played us long enough. What is going to make Joe Manchin do the right thing? Is there any way West Virginians can hold him accountable? Can a progressive run against him as a Democrat and beat him in a primary and then win the state? Is that even conceivable? I think so. Yes, I do. I, I do. I think that we need to really bring out that, that the kind of politicians that we want, the kind of policies that we want, and show the difference and really make them earn the people's trust and the people's vote. Not just say, I'm this party, I'm that party. What have you got to show us? What, what have you done? You know, and what is your plans? Where are you going to take us? This just one party or the other, and it's not working for us. It's not working for us. We are not red and blue. We are red, white, and blue. We are America. And if we're going to have better, we have to stand together to, have to demand better from our officials, our presidents, whoever. You know. Pam Garrison, Tri-State Chair of the West Virginia Poor People's Campaign. Thank you, Pam. Thank you. Good to see you. Here at the uh, West Virginia State Capitol with some esteemed clergy. Let me get them to introduce themselves. Pastor, what's your name? Pastor Michael Polk, uh, pastor of St. Paul Missionary Baptist Church in St. Albans. In St. Albans. So where is that in proximity to Charleston? About 17 miles. 17 miles, okay. And you, my brother? Pastor Shelly Bosley, I'm pastor of Pilgrim Home Missionary Baptist Church. I've been there for 27 years. Yes, sir. And we're thankful to God. It's in, it's just about three miles from Dr. Polk's church. All right. Yes, sir. So, Pastor, tell us um, a little bit about why you're here today at the state capitol to hold Joe Manchin accountable. Well, we feel like that um, it, it's, it's time for West Virginia to benefit from the, uh, uh, the Build Back Better program. And we feel like that uh, our Senator Joe Manchin is kind of holding us up right now. And uh, uh, it's our prayer that we can come together and make, uh, uh, make West Virginia a better state that, 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 that uh, folks would, come, would like to come to. You know, West Virginia is a poor state. 
and we need the jobs. They said 17,000 jobs in West Virginia. People are not coming to West Virginia. People are leaving mm. West Virginia. So we need these jobs and we need this uh, Build Back Better program to, to come through for us. Dr. Pope, with these jobs coming here and some of the other provisions also help the black community in West Virginia and where you live and where you pastor? Definitely. We only represent about 3% of the African-American community blacks do here in the state of West Virginia. But definitely there are jobs that are needed all across the great state. So to build back better only makes sense that it would support poor people. And we're here today to support the Poor People's Campaign. More MIP after this message. Okay, Sister Tanisha, give us your full name. Tanisha Copeland. And tell us about what happened to your cousin, Charleston. My cousin, Katia Belcher, she was murdered on the um, west side of Charleston about between 1.30 and um, 8.30 on a Friday of this month. Um, her and her girlfriend was killed due to senseless violence. She was shot and killed down at the age of 22. Was, was she in a line of fire or was she talking? Next up, we've got Amy. At this point, we don't know, but it seems like she was with someone who might have been targeted and since she was there, she might have been targeted also. So, is gun violence the black community getting worse these days? Yes, it is. It's worse. Um, gunshots downtown, when people are trying to have a good time, we got to stop, people got to stop clubbing, um, to just being out at night, it's not safe anymore. Um, rec recently in the past years, just being daytime. People don't even care anymore whether it's daytime or nighttime no more. And next we have Reverend Watts. How does that make you feel? How are you functioning? As a young person living in this community, are you afraid to go out? Have you had to change your habits and motions? I did. Um, especially being on the west side because it's really dark out there. Um, it's, for me, I could... When I was younger, okay. being outside at night was just a thing. When now, 9 o'clock, when it gets dark, it's time to go in the house. Um, we don't know what's going to happen on the west side. You don't know when somebody's going to shoot, but sometimes it's just going to happen. Um, it, it gets scary because we got kids now that getting into their 18, 19, and 20 years old, getting into guns, and it's just repetitive. Generation is just repetitive, and you just look at people's kids and you and we say, start doing Well, that, right? so that's so, such and such kid. What are you doing with a gun? Or he didn't grow up that way. Because the older generation, we knew how our parents are just like, Where are they getting this concept of carrying a gun? What the need of going out? You see each other every day. <laughs> we don't have new people to be friends with. We, we're a family. We all know each other here. Um, so it's, I can't say that it's drug-related. I can't say that it's over money. But at the end of the day, we don't have nothing to redirect the children to not want to do those things. Because high school, that's it. What do we do after high school? Where do uh, the kids go after high school besides college is college even, even in people's plans anymore so and they feel like we're not 
the city of Charleston and the state of West Virginia is not doing much for people to have like the resources that we need. We don't have the resources that we need. There's nothing else to do. We're bored. We don't have no skating rings. We don't have, we got Sky Zone, but what about the ones that don't have cars that can't get the Sky Zone or who can't go around places? There's, we need more activities in here for these kids. We need, we need the lunches back. We got kids that's out here hungry. We need, um, what's the, um, job program back. Maybe we can help them raise money for themselves. Um, I'm not going, I don't know about fathers, but we need fathers to be fathers. We need mothers to be mothers, but we need somebody to teach these young kids because they're, they're having kids at 17, 18, and 19 now. They don't have the directions that they need. What? brings you out here today in front of the state capitol as people raising Joe Manchin's name. Is anybody in that capitol building or is Joe Manchin doing anything to address these concerns for these residents here? Um, no. I feel as though if you see, you have a, you're running a whole city and you see that your cities are failing. We got old buildings, we got old houses, we don't have stores on the east end for the community to go to. They have to come to Piggly Wiggly in Canal City. If you see that your city needs, then you should be able to provide or help us to provide it. You have to actually come down into the city. It's not that we're going to sit here and be like, oh, such and such did this and such and such did that. No, we're, we're here to say what we need, not what we want. Thank you. Thank you. And oh, oh, finally, let me ask you this. Um, first of all, sorry for your loss. How is your family coping with the loss of your cousin? Um, it's very devastating because this is um, in this in that family. It's our second cousin we lost in um, well, probably three weeks from a, from apart from each other. Both to gun violence? Um, no, one drug and one gun violence. But it's um, coping with it is hard, especially when it's her mother's only child. Um, just keeping her hopes alive and her, you know, not going. Because mental health in West Virginia is a big problem. If, if, we, if we can solve the mental health in people, then we can solve the drug problem. We can um, solve the senseless crime, gun violence. But we, they don't know that these pe people here really need help. We are hurting inside. You can walk around with a smile on your face, we be hurting inside. We don't have the pay that we need. We don't have the housing that we need. Um, the jobs, we, we need more support when it comes to our families. We need that mental health issue raised, if anything. Thank you, Tanisha. Thank you. One of the, uh, the tri-chairs of the West Virginia Poor People's Campaign, Gene Evans Moore. Thank you for having us back here in West Virginia once again. Uh, our, our visits and these rallies and demonstrations in West Virginia, I think they have an impact. Gene Evans Moore. I do. I think Mansion, I can't quite tell. I think the money is the money is too much for him to kind of open up his mind or whatever. I think he's closed and locked into that. And he's not comfortable with what he has already. You made a comment uh, to somebody, you know, when you make these private comments, nothing gets private. About uh, He's thinking about switching parties, which is not a surprise to me or many people. Many people were talking earlier about 
and you're not wanting to push him over. The man isn't being pushed over to the other side. He's already there, but he's just like he's finally starting to kind of admit it. But he's commented about that he probably will sign up as an independent. Okay, I, what needs to happen, which I've seen is happening, is people, West Virginians themselves, getting up, getting up, and getting on their feet. West Virginians, as I see it, and I've been back here for years, seem to feel defeated and they have like no whatever. There's just like that. And I sense that they are starting to get some kind of sense of hope that they can do something, that they do have some power. They finally start getting it. You come from a family of coal mountains, correct? Oh gosh, yes. Tell us a bit about that, because a lot of people don't, don't know those stories, especially, um, I mean, we don't hear a lot about black home. But that's interesting, because a few years ago, a woman from Florida came by the museum, I think it might have been in 2013. She said she'd never seen a picture of a black coal miner, so she was very surprised to find out that black men were coal miners. I said, yeah, my grandfather and uncles and all, whatever, so that was normal. Yeah, my grandfather was a coal miner. I was pretty much raised by my grandfather, my grandmother, and my aunt, her husband, and children. We all lived in the same house. So granddaddy would get up and go to work, I don't know, maybe or five o'clock in the morning is when he would go. And I have no idea, because we didn't have a car. I have no idea how he got there, but I'm somewhere along the road, somebody picked him up and gave him a ride. That's all I know. And he'd be gone all day, and then, because uh, I'd be in school, then when he'd come home, Grandma, and uh, we called her Mama, we called him Daddy. And which confused some people when I put something on Facebook about it. And I said, Mama and Daddy. Yeah. I have a friend in Florida who sent me a note, Jean, I'm a little confused. <laughs> and I said, oh, <clears throat> when you're raised in an extended family like this, you say what the adults say. That's right, that's right. I did that. Yeah. My grandparents were Mama and Daddy. Yeah, absolutely. I never called them Granddaddy or Grandma. It was always Mama and Daddy, because that's what everybody said. But I said, so that's what happened. So, but when granddaddy would come home in the evening, and somehow or other, for whatever reason, in my mind, it's around 4 o'clock, she'd have his bath water made. And she'd also put a uh, sheet up to the door. So you knew daddy was home, taking his bath, and he and grandma would talk. That much I remember, they just talked. She was kind of a quiet person, so was he. So that was, as I said, that was my normalcy. So what happened at home, uh, many of my relatives went to Jersey. Jersey, Jersey City, New Jersey is where they settled. And, and then some went into New York. And they worked, the women worked in factories, because my aunts and my mother, two, she had two older sisters who worked in factories, the seamstress. So when she went to Jersey, that's what she did. Mm -hmm. She worked in the in in factory as a seamstress. The men worked different labor jobs. That's all. I, that's all I know. Um, my uncles, I think, were into mechanics. They worked on cars. But somebody, but but they always came home. Fourth of July and Christmas. And I remember Granddaddy, and we didn't have a phone either. 
Oh, no, we never had a phone. Um, uh, the, the company, the people that lived around the hill from us, probably a quarter mile, half mile, whatever it was. On Sundays, somebody from Jersey would always call home. Checking on folks in West Virginia and letting you know how folks in Jersey were doing. That was a normal thing. Uh -huh. And what happened, This was, these were the days when the, the call was, was a person to person. You know, because okay. person-to-person calls were expensive. That's right. So you would ask for somebody be for Alice. Now, my Aunt Alice, it might take her half hour or more to get to the phone. Yeah. But it wasn't costing anything, okay? <laughs> so that was a regular thing. And then when, when, when folks would go back, back to Jersey, New York, wherever they live, they would call. It would be a person-to-person -person call for themselves. Wow. And that's how we knew they were home. They knew they were home. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that did, was... Did, you, did your grandfather ever talk about, you ever hear him talk to your grandmother or talk to you about working in the coal mines? Not, no, no. There was very much a division of adults and children. I see, okay. Very much a division. You know, it would be when, when, the, when the grown folks were going to have a conversation about something or they want to talk, the kids would be sent out to play. I see. Okay. You did not hang around and listen to adult conversations. Yeah. 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 I'm not convinced that that was the best thing to do because some conversations kids should have heard. Yeah. You should have gotten them involved in certain things uh, at, at, a, at an early age. But that was kind of our normal. Yeah. And, and another thing, um, there was no such thing as hearing from adults, I love you. Really? Yeah, those words that that didn't happen. Is that right? That didn't happen. No, I never felt unloved. Action, actions. I was taken care of. I was comfortable. I never went hungry a day in my life. I don't know what that's like to be hungry. I've heard other people talk about their being hungry. We didn't. And I think it was because of my granddaddy's self-sufficiency. And, and years later, I realized the, uh, about, about the garden and the planting. I had to drop three, uh, three uh, things of corn. My cousin dropped the fertilizer. I would do the corn. Somebody else would do the next step, which was covered up. So there were three steps at least. Oh, wow. And later on, I, I'm reading about that in some class. That was, uh, what do you call that? Mm, the system that Ford developed. Uh, I can't think of the assembly. word. Yes. Assembly line. Yes, yes. I said that's what. I said, that's what Granddaddy. That's what we were doing <laughs> to plant our garden. Yeah. And yeah. my Granddaddy had bought this property over in the hollow. We call it over in the hollow. Twenty acres in an old house, kind of raggedy house. Uh, and and I didn't even think anything about the word being poor. Did you know you? Were, did people realize they were poor? No. Because there was nothing to compare it to, right? No. No. I, I guess there would have been, I mean, later on, yes. When when you went to another school, like when I went to high school, so I was around people that didn't live right around me. They didn't live where I lived. They lived in a different town. Because I remember telling somebody, <laughs> we just thought all the people in Mount Hope were rich. And <laughs> she said, what? My granddaddy was a coal miner too. I didn't know that. Mm. I didn't know that. But that was the whole thing. Uh, 
we had um, what they call linoleum on the floors. Uh -huh. Okay. We had a warm morning. That was the stove. That was coal-fired stove. Uh, my aunt made quilts. My aunt made clothes. She made our clothes. That's how you made it. Uh, yeah. Uh, we were just, as I said, self-sufficient. My aunt was a hairdresser. She'd do that on the weekends. She had regular customers on Saturdays. And um, money, money. We didn't have a lot of money. I remember one time, and pinto beans five days a week. You didn't. There was no question about what you were gonna eat. Five days a week. Five days a week, pinto beans. Okay. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> In less than two months, I will be 81. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma I attribute it to the good food. Yes, ma'am. Pinto beans, one of the best things you can. You're getting your protein and your fiber. Okay. And oatmeal for wow. breakfast. Okay good food. It was like what would fill up this bunch of kids. There wasn't any thought about whatever, whatever. Um, but anyway, then generally we had chicken and uh, generally fried chicken on Sunday and the pastor would come over and the pastor got to eat first. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and that, that kind of thing. But I remember my, my cousin who was a little younger than I, we were the two oldest kids at that time. Plus, by that time, his older sister was already gone to Jersey. She graduated from high school and was gone. This was in the early 50s. But I remember one Sunday, we had pinto beans for supper. So we just said to each other, we know things are bad now. Mm. Yeah, mm. We had pinto beans on, on a Sunday. Sunday. Yes, that was, that was the thing that, that, you know that said something with the money. Yeah. The money wasn't there for, some, for something else. But, uh, and I only remember that one time. Yeah. Uh, well, Gene Evans Moore, we thank you. Thank you for sharing your family story with us. Thank sure. you for having us all here and oh, organizing I'm us here. I'm just so happy to, to, to see you. So happy. Uh, so many people. I, I saw so many people that I've seen on um, Zoom meetings. That's right. Just see them in person. I'm just say, I know. I know that's that. I know you are. You are from Ohio, right? And you know, it was just. Yeah, just, just wonderful. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.